Hello. Hey. You're listening to Ergo. You are indeed. We are, as always, bringing you conversations with folks reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. Tell I am who you are. I'm Kiss. You are indeed. Have been my whole life. I'm Damon. What's up, y'all? And uh, we're really excited to be talking with a, with a dynamic duo of sorts. Mm-hmm. But first, how you feeling today, Damon? Oh, man, I'm a, I'm a little flustered. You just got caught in that traffic jam. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even mean to do that. I was just like trying to be Chicago. I was, I was in a jam that was traffic uh, specific, uh, but it was actually a literal traffic jam. So, you know, that always throws off the balance. But the world is beautiful, man. It treats me well. I try to. I'm giving it back. So maintain it. How you doing, man? I'm all right. Not too, uh, not too shabby. I've been enjoying uh, living on my own for the first ah. time ever. I finally settled in. Uh, do not have a dresser yet. And we're still working but on that. you don't have a roommate. I'll trade a dresser for a roommate yeah. any day. That's perfect. Oh, um, now that Very we have nice. the, that important information on the record, uh, why don't we get to our very special guests? They are a duo of musicians, producers, vocalists, instrumentalists, performers who make some of my favorite music coming out of the city right now. Folks, we have Iris Temple in the back. Hey! hey. What's going on? <laughs> I've been working on a dolphin. You, hey, I didn't catch it. Yeah, but, but Brad, but once to you faster s- to be a, one, yeah, yeah, you yeah. No, I got, I got work to <laughs> do. You're on the way. Right yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting there. there. Once you identified it, I can yeah, tell yeah, you hear it. You're hearing it in your head. <laughs> yeah, and you know what you're vision. going for. That's always good for impressions when you have to tell people what you're impersonating first. <laughs> so if we you always, couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. We always like to start the show uh, with the same. Two part question, and, and since there's part two part, yeah, exactly. We're gonna keep expanding. Uh, in this time, in this moment, in this season, however you define it, how is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world? Ooh. Hmm. Uh-huh. Damn, world's treating me pretty good, man. Just music all the time, like just waking up, either making music or watching anime. So, like, I can't complain. Um, how am I treating the world? Not giving much besides music. Mm. So maybe I could treat the world better, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, mm. how about you? And we can jump back in there. I think the world is treating me pretty good, but I'm kind of like uh like an old man in a sense. Like I have the spirit of an old man, so I'm like grouchy about a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But like things are going well, you know. Like I'm doing what I love to do and I don't know. I find a way to complain a lot, I think, which I try to be better at, but so we've got the full age range from anime to old man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for, for those who don't know, we, we introduced you by the, the kind of group <clears throat> artist name. Um, and usually when we have multiple people, we have them like identify themselves by name so that it's a little simpler. Right. We, we have some challenges here uh, <laughs> in, in our audio format. Mm-hmm. Um, and Damon, would you care to explain why that is the case? And I promise we won't do the whole thing on your names. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, this is exciting. So once I got this information, I'm like, I'm, I'm having a fight to not be corny. So y'all are both named Quinn. Yes, sir. And so I'm going to, so the out that like I take to, to make sure that we're not corny is to ask you, what are the things people say or ask you about the fact that y'all have the same name that irritates you the most? Um, <laughs> so that we don't oh, yeah. ask that. When we tell them what our group name is, you know, like I, we're Iris Temple. They're like, 
Oh, why? Why not Quinn and Quinn? <laughs> why not the Quins? Like, Quinn squared. It's like you could do a lot of things. Literally every single person. <laughs> every single time, and that's a '90s <laughs> R&B group, not a 2018 <laughs> R&B group. That'd be our greatest hits. <laughs> it's so bad because I'm already so annoyed by that question. Like I know it's gonna come more and more. Do you have like, good comebacks? Do you like know how to shut it down? No, I just be like, uh, but why aren't let people? Why aren't you named Quinn? Yeah. <laughs> Is it spelled the same? Yeah, I get super defensive and aggressive now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last, <laughs> last three interviews got popped. Uh, you know? yeah. <laughs> I walked out. Yeah, exactly. How did, how, so say, how did y'all then meet and what was the moment like for you? So it's, everybody else is corny when they realize y'all have the same name, but y'all actually at some point have to have that realization yourself. How did that go? I mean, we went to high school together. Oh, uh, okay. And I think we were very aware of each other, but we weren't like. What's the first letter of the, your last names? Are. Yeah, so I'm QC and he's QR. Okay, was like, that how it was? Was it QR? Nah, because because we weren't even really homies like freshman sophomore year of high school, and then junior senior year we like had a couple classes together and okay, we was in the orchestra at school. Oh, see, I go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what high school did you go to? Lincoln College Prep in Kansas City. Yeah, okay, so yeah. Shout out Lincoln. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, so we was in the jazz band and then yeah, just became friends and then yeah. So you said you were kind of aware of each other, but orbiting not. Close mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah. Was that a like we are both people doing raw stuff and we're kind? Of, it's not like a direct competition, but that thing of like, oh, right. we're the two two of the people really doing this. Mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit of that, just based on how we were both named Quinn. Yeah, it's I wouldn't like, rock with you. I'm it's like, like, like it was kind of like couldn't even pick a different art form. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, we weren't even really like Quinn made music in high school, but I were, really wasn't doing that at all. But um, were you, you play, making other things? No, I wasn't doing shit. He played trump. He played trombone. <laughs> I played trombone yeah. in the band, mm. but like, not of my own like enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I, like I had just been kind of doing it for a while, so mm. I kept doing it. And like, it was more just a like, club. Yeah, mm. it's like I'm playing other old ass music, mm. like just straight classical. Yeah, music besides jazz band, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that and uh, getting to know each other, when let's go to the moment of the Quinn on Quinn meeting mm-hmm. uh, beyond like when you first <laughs> met, but when you were like, oh, we could be folks who make a thing together. Um, well, I had just dropped out of DePaul and gone back to KC um, to kind of, you know, just figure myself out and figure out what I wanted to do. And I was like sad, like depressed, really, like mm-hmm discouraged more than everything um anything but around that same just, like, time put that as the banner for college right <laughs> <laughs> trying come to figure feel, yourself out you come feel discouraged more than anything come feel discouraged and down on yourself <laughs> for 50k a year <laughs> right pay um, around that same time though quinn started making beats and he was like you know kind of just sending me shit on the like dude like tell me what you think right because Quinn never like made music in high school, but we would be at a party and he would be freestyling. I would be like, "Oh my god!" Wow. Like, and this was right around the time the acid rap was like super starting to pop off. So, mm-hmm. like, I think that that project was a, like a big awakening for me, f- just to be like, Though "Anything's possible. You can do whatever you want in music." Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's when like I started making beats and just sending him stuff, and he would send me back with vocals on. I'd be like, "Yo, we gotta like really go with this." Were you asking for the vocals? Oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was that absolutely. was like the plan. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think that was an interesting moment I think across the Midwest cuz we were in college in Iowa. Um Damon's from here but I'm I'm from the Bronx originally. But mm. 
you know, there was kind of like those two weeks where all of a sudden that was the thing that you heard out every window. You know, like, oh, this is this is this is something. I don't, I'm not sure what it is yet, yeah, but it's yeah. something. Um, let's say within folks in Kansas City, who were you, uh, like, in the sphere of like, whether it was artists from there or people like that everyone around you was listening to. What was mm. the music that was playing beyond just acid rap? Mm. It's so funny. I feel like Kansas City was like two years behind Chicago, but like <laughs> the same stuff, but it would just come just a yeah, little later. Because <laughs> we didn't have, we, you know, there's not really a scene for music in Kansas City. There's like folk music and like some like alternative rock groups. Or if you're an 80 year old like jazz musician. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> then we got Charlie Parker. I mean, and that's even like, that's the places I would hang out in and like play in little jazz clubs and like, or we had like this, these blues bars, one called Knuckleheads where I would just go and like, cause I started playing guitar when I was 11 and just like started with blues. And I would go to these jams, play with these like 50 year old men <laughs> and people would be like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Did but, you have to? So we've learned there's like a generation gap in these jam sessions. Did you have oh, to yeah. get like learned and shunned a few Oh no, before? most definitely. Yeah, <laughs> like, he came in there raw. Like he was already like fire at guitar. I mean, but I also just did what I wanted to do. Uh, I was like, can I get some distortion? Like I was super into rock. <laughs> right. Like when I first They're like, started. no, you're distorting the blues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like just trying to shred. I was like really into Led Zeppelin and like ACDC. Did you have just, long hair? Uh, uh, I feel like you definitely long, just had barely hair. longer than it is right now. Mm -hmm. But this is the longest it's been in like a couple years. But is there an old jazz or blues club in Kansas City that has like velvet in the name? This is a uh, irrelevant to everyone, but I feel like there's a place that I've been to that has <laughs> booths along the walls. And velvet in the name, <laughs> maybe green know. also in the name. The green uh, something lounge. Green, uh, is it the Green Dolphin or is that here? That's, That's here. here. That doesn't oh. have velvet in the name. No, but you said it green. might have velvet in the place. It was that a bad like, interview question, and I think that was just <laughs> that how sounds like <laughs> the name generator for any like club yeah, like that. Exactly. <laughs> the green, green velvet lounge. Green lady dolphin velvet. You know, like those are just buzzwords. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But maybe, probably. And we're anti-buzzword in general. As I can a, hear as, the as saxophone in my head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So you you came and started. You know, you as a on the rock guitar end, and then yeah. you're, you're doing this blues, but let's say when y'all first start making things together, what are each of y'all listening to? Uh, um, go ahead. Uh, I was listening to a lot of chants, like Quinn said, and I'll, like all my friends that I was in contact with from DePaul were sending me shit that was popping in Chicago. So like mm -hmm. a lot of like hurt everybody. Mm -hmm. um, our friends like Beach Jesus was mm -hmm. another, another one that I was on back then. Mm -hmm. Um, I was super like fascinated with all the upcoming Chicago musicians mm -hmm. when I first moved here. Like, you know, Smino and Monty, like I copied them oh, yeah. so much mm -hmm. just making my first beats copying Monty because that shit is just absurd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so like objectively. Oh, yeah. objectively. Like, absurd, yeah. I can't even. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so I was like really into just like figuring out how these people were doing that at first until, you know, like. Yeah, so then we kind of came into our own sound. Like, I play multiple instruments, so, like, really just started focusing on keeping it as natural and playing to our strengths as possible. So, like, you know, Monty stuff is dope, but it's I kind of figured out I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing, you know, as a, a fellow transplant, but when you're in another place and you're looking at what's happening here, and one, you're just enjoying the stuff that comes out of it, but you're also, and it sounds like from what you're saying, like, wanting to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and... You know, y'all are at a point now where you are 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a given that you would end up being a part of it. Right. Was that the feeling of like, hey, there's a there's a room in Chicago where these people are that I want to be in? Yeah, it t- definitely was a feeling at first. I think it went away after mm-hmm. a while. It kind of like, once you realize what art is about, it, you know, makes that stuff. I think that stuff is like, wow, these people are really doing what they love. And then now I feel that way. Like I'm doing what I love all the time. Yeah. And I don't need to be in those circles because I make my own. Can you yeah. go deeper into that realization? Like one, speaking about, you know, how you have come to your own definition of what artistry means to you and like what mm-hmm. was the, the time and space of how you were able to like make that recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think more than anything, I just wanted to be respected at first because mm-hmm. I had worked so hard at, you know, playing instruments and I was like, I really want people to know that I'm good at this. Yeah, <laughs> that I've worked so hard at this, you know? And so like, I, you know, looked up to the people that other people respected and, you know, it's just more about expressing yourself and like, love and making music because that shit like that's never going to go away the people who hype you up and like all the trends that are coming through like that's so temporary and you know i just don't i'm just trying to change shit like with what i love quinn to the left how do you think about this um i won't refer to you exclusively as quinn to the left i promise (laughs) quinn to the left is kind of kind of rolls off the tongue i agree i mean with that sentiment i wanted to yeah, I wanted to be acknowledged as a, uh, especially when I was new to the, to the city or whatever, because I was fans of so many people here, and I was like, if I could, you know, I want my name to ring bells like that, and I don't know, it was an ego thing for sure. Yeah. Like I want to prove myself in a way. Like, um, but like Quinn said, I think after a while, I was just like content with what I was making, and you know, naturally, you run into people that you've heard their music or whatever but as a as someone who has some experience under their belt at that point you can kind of be like oh like i see you more as a peer now than i did like i'm not like idolizing or anything like right and you become a peer not because they like are like hey you're in the club but because you just put your nose yeah, down yeah because you well, you have confidence in yourself right. and you're like I'm, those are the people that are leading the way it's the mm-hmm. people that spend all day in the studio and the people that are not thinking about, like, I'm trying to be in this circle. It's yeah. like, no, like, if I work hard enough, the circle is going to be made around me. Like, yeah, yeah you know, you're putting all your energy into your own, yeah. you know, growth and development. Let's go deeper into, like, what that is just at a human level. Because, like, I think musically, but I think all social spaces, mm-hmm. you, there's kind of that same, like, not only desire to belong, but, like, to be seen and to be valued. Yeah. And, you know, part of, and we try to be honest about it, like, part of, one of the inspirations of starting doing the show three years ago was, you know, wanting to be more connected, wanting to mm-hmm. be more visible, wanting to to be a part of community. Why is it so difficult to be in a room and nobody knows you? Like being a room full of people and to be unknown. Like what? I think the root of it is connection, though. Like yeah. that word is powerful to me because that's like that's all I'm trying to do is really connect to people. That's why I make music is mm-hmm. like people understand what I'm thinking about. But yeah, like just on a very basic level, just connecting, like, not on some, like, how do I say this? Uh, like, there's already levels. Like, I don't want to talk to you like you're above me. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, have a real conversation, like, right. regardless of what we do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the the circle that I'm trying to be in, air quotes. Like, 
the people that understand me and take my shit for face value instead of like judging it based on what levels people are on. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. What do y'all think? I've I've some some thoughts, but what, what do y'all think? I think um, everybody just wants to be kind of seen, and everybody wants to be heard. And I think a lot of people don't feel seen or heard a lot of times. So mm-hmm. when you're in a space with a bunch of people, some who you probably respect, um, you're like, I don't know, like I want to feel like I'm here and that I matter and that I exist. I think everybody wants that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's interesting, though, because sometimes, at least for me, and I'm just going to project all over the table here, Go ahead. but that was very gross. <laughs> <laughs> there's It'll the wanting the to be seen. But <laughs> there's the wanting to be seen, but then at the same time, it's not always that clear cut, right? Sometimes you only want to be seen a certain way, or mm. you're not fully sure if you're ready to be seen, or you're not uh, confident that what people will see is what you want them to see. Right. right. Um, and so I think— being misunderstood is almost worse. Right. Yeah. Is it better to have nobody see you or to have people see you and think that's something that's not what you want them to think? And mm-hmm. so I think the key is what you both have been saying of, like, getting to the point where you're just less focused on what people see when they see you, mm-hmm. and so you can just move through the world. But I think, you know, it's that—that's the tension that's at the center of it, at least yeah. for me, is, like, both wanting to be seen— and wanting to make sure that when I'm seen, I'm seen as yeah. I want to be seen. Yeah. And that means for me mostly because I'm not sure how I see myself. Right. So I'm not sure how people will see me when right. I'm looking. Right. You know, yeah, what do you, what do you think, Dan? I think, you know, I think a lot of it is fear-based. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, for sure. And also, and which is connected to love, right? So there's this desire to love and to be loved. But I think it's like real evolutionary. Like I think oh, yeah. we, we are the most social being. And so like not being connected, not being plugged in mm-hmm. at one point meant like less food. Yeah. And like less maiden. Right. And like let's be honest, everybody's trying to have sex out here. Everybody's mm-hmm. oh, everybody's trying to have <laughs> so, And that's what it all comes to. You know, and, and then and then like wanting to be like so there's the I think in the room, but then also like for those of us who create who want like something to last outside of ourselves. I think it's also the fear of mortality, right? So like yeah. you have children to like continue on your life past your body, but like your your music or an essay or a book or a film, right, can like live on past like yeah. a legacy legacy, you know? oh, legacy yeah, yeah and I think a lot of that legacy is 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 fear based because you yeah because like definitely death and mortality mm-hmm. and life are just it's way bigger than deep oh yeah no <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the show we are here but the counter to that is and not a counter but with that fear man why you gotta counter my shit there's a great great quest love quote where he was talking about like he wants their albums to live on and and one of my favorite comics, he responds, he goes, so even when you die, you're going to be insecure? <laughs> like, you care what people think about yeah, you? Like, you're real. Yeah. Isn't so, it kind of like a fucked up joke that people want to belong so bad, but have social anxiety at the same time? That's like, <laughs> so, that's yeah. such a cruel no, joke. Yeah, what me. I want is to be invited to a lot of things I'm not going to. Right. <laughs> I'm going to say no, but I still... I want to be popping, to be that. keep getting invited, like, you know, oh me not God. showing up, does, you're saying, yeah. oh, well, of course you didn't show up. I felt that but then what I do, it's but like, you oh, what's up? I you know? that, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you see the way my anxiety is set up. I'm going to stay home, but like, I appreciate you. Yeah, no, I want to be seen in the abstract, yeah. but not seen yeah. in person. Oh, yeah. So for y'all, who are you, uh, who are you, if you're not trying to be seen by that that room that you're not in, yeah. who are the people who you feel like right now are seeing and hearing and connecting with what you're making? Hmm. Or who do you hope it is? Man, 
anybody like literally anybody, <laughs> anybody. In the world. if you want if you like this stuff like if you hear any second of my music and you enjoy it like i my hope is that you you feel compelled to check out check it out like and if you check it out and like it then i fuck with you mm-hmm. and that's it I like yeah. i don't know how about you um i agree i think just like Please <laughs> listen to me and validate me. No. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> so, as y'all are getting uh, more connected to say, are there any relationships that y'all are making that have been valuable? Or, or oh, every or, single one of them, man. Uh, from our roommates, we live with uh, these guys, Elias and Appleby. Shout out Elias and Appleby. They yeah, don't get yeah. enough oh love out of yeah. bro. And that's like, I can't tell you how good it makes me feel to live in a house where we all create you know, unbounded and just like, there's not competition. We're all, there's just so much love and support. And like, that to me is did, huge. Did like, his mother name him Appleby? That's it's his maiden, maiden name. Yeah, right. mom's maiden his name. His mother's maiden name. Oh, wow. yeah. I feel like it would be great to be one of the roommates in that house and awful to be one of the neighbors. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. We get very, uh, very many, uh, like. Noise complaints. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of, what, in what form? Like in a, in a text. formal, yeah. passive Mostly text. Mostly text, but sometimes they'll come up and like, the first time, like, we were having this party one time, just, like, being totally loud and ignorant. Yeah. ignorant yeah. <laughs> but they come up and knock on the door. It's this, uh, our downstairs neighbor and her boyfriend. And she's like, this is totally inappropriate. Uh, we were like, oh, she was like, pissed. yeah, she was fuming, dude. And we were like, okay, She told cool. you you were inappropriate? Yeah, she or? was like, this is, like, this is ridiculous. Like, this, <laughs> there's no, this is no time for this. It was like, <laughs> it was like, a, like, a stupid weekday, like Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. it's like Tuesday well, night or something. Not, not even a good weekday. No, right? not even a, like <laughs> you're in the clear weekday. Yeah. It's like a super weekday. Well, and it's, it's not in that situation. So Appleby, <laughs> Appleby is kind of like the the responsible older. He's a little bit older, but he, you know, he opens the door, shuts it behind him, make sure they don't see. We're anything. all smoking and, blunts, like yeah. everything. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he—that's the funny thing, right? Once you shut the door to the to the yes. smoke session, yeah. Like, yeah. I definitely just smelled that yeah. and smell it now. <laughs> but, but he he's like good at talking, so he he got her calmed down and you know yeah. back downstairs. It reminds me. Do you remember the story? This is a complete side note, but the idea of there being tree in the room and a door being closed. Remember the kid at Grinnell who cut down the tree. <laughs> this story is worth having on the oh, record. Yeah. So we went to college together and there was a, a tree planted outside of the admissions office that was like a memorial, a commemorative tree oh, to uh, an alum or something like that. And it was, <laughs> it was toward the end of the year and these two kids who were roommates decided to cut the tree down and put it in their room for Christmas. <laughs> and so <laughs> they legitimately like severed the trunk of a tree and dragged it, leaving a trail of pine needles right to their back door, to, the to their dorm room. Campus security comes and knocks on the door. They open it. The tree's behind it. He goes, did you cut down a tree? And he just looks at the officer and just goes, no. <laughs> and it's just a full ass tree. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Gotta admire the mock. Now that, that is inappropriate. <laughs> what tree? Exactly. <laughs> so to, to kind of get back on track a little bit, um, I'm glad that we're talking to y'all in this moment. That's part of what's fun about doing this show is that we catch people on these different moments in their trajectories because it feels like this is an exciting time, at least from the outside looking in with, uh, um, you know, some just kind of a perpetual stream of really quality new music out that's finding new people right. and some exciting shows. Like where... Where are y'all finding that excitement in the like career path stuff in quotes right now? Like what 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 is popping that feels great to you and what is maybe making you nervous? 
all the live shows we've been doing have like really boosted my confidence with mm. this stuff. Like I feel more than ever now like that we're in the right place and doing the right things. And like, you know, when you are face to face with an audience that reciprocates the energy that you're giving them, it's uh, for me, there's no better feeling. It's just kind of like, wow, you know, it's like right in front of you that you're doing what you should be doing. So that for me is like the most exciting thing is just mm -hmm. getting out and performing these songs and like learning how we want to present them mm -hmm. live because it's mm -hmm. always a little different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you you know I, I we spend so much time in the crib just making the beats and like producing it, but you know when we play live, it's usually with the band that mm -hmm. like so it it ends up feeling different. But it's, so you're writing arrangements for them of the stuff that's produced otherwise, or just well, coming up with it together. Or? So the guys in the band are our homies that we hang out with every day. So like. It's just kind of like, here's a song, let's do it. And then <laughs> they're amazing at what they do, so it yeah. comes out really cool. Yeah, what, what what's for you has been kind of an exciting new new piece of this all? Um, I think every every step we take, like every show we do or every new song we put out, um, I'm excited by like any any taste of the ability to do what I want to do for the rest of my life is extremely exciting, but everything makes me nervous about it too like i'm mm -hmm. just a ball of nerves at all points like <laughs> shout out to know. that anxiety yeah, making man, a comeback it's, uh, it's doing its thing but you know i'm i'm not gonna stop doing what i'm doing so i'm just gonna be nervous and doing shows so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> putting out shit and being nervous about I, want, it. <laughs> I want to get back to that that nervousness but I, but i just have a hypothetical as performers shoot uh like a, a this or that type of thing so what would you what what ex what possibility excites you more? Having a, a smaller room where like people wouldn't like that are like people that know every note, every word, or a, a moderate big size room full of strangers that you like are able to captivate, right? So like the consistent following more intimately or the big like, uh, who's this? But then yeah. like you kind of win them over. Vaguely interested strangers, not <laughs> apathetic strangers. Right. Mm. Not a cold room, <laughs> but like it's yeah. a lukewarm. Yeah, yeah. A, but a, a lukewarm room that you went over. At that right. point, we have all the potential to turn it into a hot, you know, hot yeah, situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of them hot situations. <laughs> one of them hot situations. <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you gotta you gotta give love to the the big fans. You know, mm -hmm. like the the people that come and know all the lyrics. Like that warms my heart. Like yeah. it gives me all the confidence in the world to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends. It depends on my mood, I guess. Yeah, yeah, same, man. I feel like it's two different feelings for me. Like, playing for a room of people, I mean, I haven't felt that yet, of just, like, yeah. a whole room of people that know every word. Like, that mm. would be crazy, yeah. and I would probably cry. Yeah. yeah. But, That's why I said the small. Right, right. Yeah. Like, I would be like, oh, my goodness, this is overwhelming. But also, I love the challenge of convincing somebody. Yeah. And, mm. like, pulling out my guitar and playing for you. Because in my head, you're gonna fuck with it like mm -hmm. this is I'm, that's what you my goal is like, <laughs> like let me show you what i can do and mm -hmm. i love that feeling because i don't know i like to be unassuming until the yeah. moment where yeah. you know what i mean kind of catching by surprise. element of surprise we're yeah. like we're pretty normal looking motherfuckers man like yeah. not very <laughs> there were, when we went on the tour last fall there were a couple moments where people in the crowd would come up to me after the show and be like 
I really thought you guys were like the stagehands, like <laughs> setting up. And then we wouldn't Roast really, me. like, we don't really talk on stage yeah, yeah. and we don't really say anything. We just start playing. Yeah. We might be like, hey, we're Iris Temple, and then start the song. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, literally, people would just be looking around and we start singing. We see it <laughs> next turn, just like, like, <laughs> what like the hell? These two Do you love that feeling? Oh, or are so you much. annoyed? Yeah, so that yeah. seems like that would be that, like, catching people by surprise, improving. Because also, y'all's music is very, um, winnable overing that's not the phrase but like <laughs> no, you know exactly. what you meant. Yeah. You know, like it i could imagine being in a room when overable when overable right seems like the grammatically correct <laughs> version of a not word <laughs> <laughs> but i can imagine being in the you know in the back room of a bar where there's music playing and i don't know the artist and i hear what y'all are making i go oh this is cool because i think for me part of what i like about it is that it is undoubtedly pleasant mm. like it it's not that it's not complex i'm not saying it's simple right, but right, it, right. it is like a a pleasant feeling to listen to cool, and it makes you feel good um and, and yeah i mean do you, where do y'all think about the kind of the edge coming from because i'm when i say pleasant i don't mean that it's soft yeah yeah but yeah how how do you think about things sounding good versus sounding compelling versus having an edge right is the goal to make things that just sound good I or think, not just but no i know what you mean i know what you mean i i feel like um the hardest part about making a song is identifying the feeling that you're trying to convey. And like, I feel like when Quinn and I can make a beat or make an idea and then really hone in on what the feeling this song gives us and like what we want to write about, then it's, it's kind of no looking back. Cause like, that's, that's all I'm going for is like, okay, this song to me is nostalgic. How do I put, nostalgia into a chord or into a melody hmm. and then it maybe that's easier to put into lyrics but yeah just like yeah. taking that feeling all the way to you know what i mean that's an interesting question do you think it's easier i mean i y'all work together so maybe it's just you do it together but which do you think is easier to kind of capture a feeling through words or through sounds um i think they they both present their different challenges mm -hmm. i think um if you if you really understand music and understand theory, I guess, then it's kind of, that's kind of your language, you know, and you mm -hmm. kind of know what notes interact with each other to get that feeling. Like, I don't, I wouldn't know how to put nostalgia into the music. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's Quinn's area. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. for me, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they, they both, they're two different languages, and I think right. they both present their own set of problems and, yeah. But yeah. that's for me is what is the best part about working with Quinn is that lyrically, I mean, I write lyrics, I write what I sing, but I always have help from Quinn and I always have that conversation because that's, you know, that's his lane. Production, you know, like we have our roles that really fit together. Visually, he does all the artwork. <laughs> lyrically, he has the final call. Like sonically and like production wise, that's my lane, you know, so it's like, we work together very well and whatever my shortcomings are, he kind of fills that and that's, I think, vice versa. How did y'all define those rules? Was that like a sit-down thing that just emerged over time? Yeah, it just happened over it was, time. Yeah. Sometimes it, it's hard. Like, took a lot of button heads for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like very stubborn as Same. a person, I think, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, there have been many like awkward sessions where we'll both get mad and just be like, this session's not going anywhere. Like, right. But over time, we've, you know, uh -huh. learn. We've adapted and can now yeah. like work 
and you know, there's still always the bad sessions where shit doesn't come, but like Quinn's my brother, so it's you know, I spend every second of every day with him pretty much. Duos are funny like that, huh? Like yeah. when you're like a band that's a group or an a solo, like the roles are kind of not not necessarily, but they can be kind of easier to define. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, just in like this collaboration, I think, you know, you it takes a time it takes time to figure out like not just what people are able to do, but but kind of what what naturally fits in, right. in, in balance with each other. Right. And we've had that conversation before. Like <laughs> duos like the probably the most hard dynamic to be in musically or anything else because it's literally your ego and their ego and it's like (laughs) there's no other energy to to mediate or Mm -hmm. like you know yeah counterbalance that's why most marriages fail true yeah yeah Yeah, i was just i was extrapolating shout out polygamy (laughs) polyamory maybe polygamy is a different (laughs) different ballgame that's it's fun another fun fact shout shout out to the divorced parents out there did you know that uh speaking of (laughs) polygamy which we don't do often mitt romney was born in a uh offset of the mormon church in mexico that had left the (laughs) mainstream mormon church because they refused to stop being polygamists so wow. he was. They are the anti-polygamous. Mormons. No, they are the so pro-polygamous. They are Mormon. pro-polygamous. Once the Mormons were like, "We're out of this polygamous thing," we're the Mormons getting are officially out of polygamy. They're, they they, wow. they hung it up. They got. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Michael Jordan retired <laughs> from the Bulls. It's yeah. like, oh damn, what do we do now? When are they gonna come back? That's, that's, yeah, that's their whole thing. That was kind of our thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. the they were the polygamy guys. Like, that's yeah. the, you're, you're the face of polygamy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they're trying oh, to get away. It's a it's a PR nightmare. Which is why i wanted to be clear to to you know <laughs> redefine the term that you were using um but yeah so <laughs> i don't know how to get back on track. it's like an important <laughs> no. piece of information yeah, yeah. for the world I to mean, know who knew that that they that's that, crazy yeah, yeah it's yeah. like kentucky fried chicken be like oh no we just do fish like <laughs> <laughs> that's what i have tried yeah that was the, I have, that was I have, absurd man what happened to that that was, that was fake it, as fuck. it was fake they that did it to piss people fake, off yeah. and they changed it back they just wanted people to know they had burgers but I think I think they like their burgers are trash. I was like, do you know how <laughs> good your burgers would have to be to get me to come to IHOP? Like your pancakes not even that yeah. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you lucky yeah. I'm going there now. Yeah, no, they they lost me with that. One of my favorite things is when you see a business that's not an IHOP or a Pizza Hut, but it used to be, so they still have the roof of an IHOP or a Pizza Hut. Just <laughs> like an assurance. But have you ever seen the Kentucky Hut? Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut combined. Is this like a tur- this two is a, of the three? This is I've a turducken type situation. How yeah, does this work? Exactly. I mean, I think they're <laughs> just all owned by the same dudes. Or something. <laughs> they are the it's same the, white dudes. It's uh, the Yum Corporation. The the, the who corporation? I, I believe the Yum Corporation. The Yum Corporation. Right. <laughs> I believe. It's funny when Fact evil. Check. It's funny when evil things have funny names. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, but that's yeah, that's classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then let, let, let's stay there. What's your favorite fast food? If any. Hmm. That's hard hitting. That is hard. Wow. <laughs> we, we, we ask the tough questions here. I mean, if we're asking which one I eat the most, it's definitely McDonald's. But that's, that's not just, my question. That's okay. not my question. I want to make it very clear. That's not my question. <laughs> yeah. uh, the question is, which do you like the most? Hmm. I which feel like they just enjoy? play different roles. Like, mm. if I'm pissed at myself... I'm fucking myself with Taco, <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell. I'm going to Taco Bell for sure. Bell. I was about to say Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> I thought funny. y'all would judge me if I said Taco Bell. <laughs> so in this duo, let's say there's a combination KFC-Taco Bell. Not bad. Which in this duo 
of y'all is the KFC and which is the Taco I'm Bell. I'm going to Taco Bell. Yeah. KFC is trash. Yeah, KFC is it trash. It feels like Popeye's versus Taco right, Bell. Right, that's exactly what I was about to say. Popeye's, I'm there. Let's get it. Okay, KFC isn't trash, but it's like comparatively wow, like you, you to walked Popeye's. that back. <laughs> let me, let me, uh, <laughs> let me, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to mess my KFC. The manager's over here like, y'all don't know, oh, those KFC fans are picking up. I forgot we had a, I forgot we had a KFC <laughs> clear, deal on the clear table. Clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, talk to your people. It's, it's, uh, it's trash comparatively to other chicken spots but like yeah. the five dollar the five dollar combo is pretty solid i, I think know. you can have a favorite fast food even if you don't eat fast food really? like just m- like more I, I don't know what do you think because i, I mean, mean you're not a big fast i'm food not either but my my fast food favorite is kind of high-end fast food mm. culver's oh true Culver's that, a solid that's yeah. like real mm-hmm. food yeah. Do they have those? Like, in, I feel like they. That's like yeah, a big they KC do. thing. Yeah, they do. Definitely. Is, all the fun right fundraisers in high school and shit. They would. Culver's. Culver's was the move. Wow. Bold. This is some good. Some good. Uh, hard hitting. <laughs> hard hitting journalism. <laughs> but let's get back to <laughs> some of my favorite. Let's talk about anxiety. You know. All right. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> no, so so it's it's been mentioned a lot. You know, nervousness, angst. Uh, you know, we joked about like going out, but I think. The be- no more the, the 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 privilege of finding yourself in creative work is that you have the ability to reflect on life period, but yeah. to self reflect mm-hmm. and like build process and build practices, which end up having like healing and therapeutic and like very challenging Absolutely. ways. So outside of the songs being good, outside of you know playing better shows. Yeah. How, where are y'all finding yourselves in the process of, of how doing your work is developing you um, mm. to be able to do more work? Because you started yeah. by saying like, you're just making like how the world's treating you or you mm-hmm. treating the world. You just have the career making music. Yeah. And it, you have to get to a point to get like that. Like, right. To spend your time being dedicated to anything. Right. Um, I mean, music is complete therapy. Like 100%. I think personally, I write subconsciously a lot, my lyrics at least. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know what feeling I'm going for, but sometimes I like my phrases don't always make sense to me at first. I'm just like, I like the cadence of this, mm-hmm. and I'll listen back to it, figure out what it means. And to me, that's like me talking to myself. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Because I'm going to listen to it 20 times. What's something you've learned? It, oh, shit. Something you, ta- you taught yourself. I mean, it's just like, I think the main thing is just this shit is simpler than it seems. Ah. And that like huge decisions... <laughs> don't need to be overthought and you know be considerate to the people around you be compassionate but let let your instincts do a lot through your through a filter of compassion and mm. you know consideration um, how about you quinn on stage right <laughs> <laughs> um i think when you're an artist of any you know whatever your platform is you're forced to kind of like peel yourself apart at mm-hmm. like an emotional level and like uh you know figure out who you are as a person like psychoanalyze yourself a lot like and i think with that comes a lot of stress and anxiety like we're young adults and i feel like i don't know like dealing with certain childhood traumas or whatever like that a lot of that shit gets uncovered when you have to like mm-hmm. use it as fuel for your creativity Definitely. so um I don't know. It's been dealing. I've been dealing a lot with that and like trying to figure out a way for me to operate in the world and perform at my like maximum potential, like despite these anxieties or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
that's, but, you know, that's the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all, yeah, music is, music is a great help and it, it really does fuel your creativity and your passion for it, I think. Like, how do I channel this feeling into something that's beautiful and that can maybe like help someone else figure it out? For sure. Yeah, and it goes to what I was saying actually about the, like the pleasantness not being a, like a, a meaninglessness, mm-hmm. but it's how do you make something out of what you're feeling that yeah. people can connect with. And sometimes people can connect to things that are jarring, but most likely people can connect to things that like the resonances resonate in a nice way that makes them want to stay yeah, engaged. Totally. It, yeah. you know? I mean, the music we make or the music we make makes me feel at ease too. Hmm. Like hmm. it's like, I like pleasant production. I like sweet melodies and sweet, you know, sweet notes. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I like, I resonate with the more drawing music as well. Like sometimes I'm like, this shit is hard. Like I'm mad at the world. Or I'm mad at myself or whatever. And I want to hear this hard shit. And I like, yeah, the way uh, I, yeah, the way I see, it, I feel like you, there's two ways to like get somebody through a problem. And sometimes people need to be sat down and fucking like, this is what you need to do. Da, 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 like, hard and like letting them know and then sometimes you'd be like hey uh i get you're going through this some you know and be be soft about it and that's how i make music is like you know exploring these mental illnesses anxiety whatever you like whatever your problems are and then but like taking them i don't know like compassion like i said before is like very I don't know. Yeah, exactly how I want to word that, but no, just like I think you've worded it. Yeah. yeah okay. Compassion is real. I'm loving that pleasantness is becoming like a, a reoccurring word today. I've been yeah. thinking about. Pleasant. I've been, I've been forcing I've been, it, but I've been calling out unpleasantness much mm. more in my in my day to day life. We're both so. really struggling with. Are we just turning into like old crotchety people? To your point about being an mm-hmm. old soul, which just means being <laughs> grumpy. But I just yeah, I have less patience for unpleasantness yeah, not even no. in art just in people yeah, right. yeah, yeah. even if your discomfort is, mm-hmm. is valid that's what i was just about you, to say is there's choice and agency in being unpleasant right like, like shit sucks yeah mm-hmm. but you can yeah. deliver sadness or anger in a pleasant way you know what i'm saying like it doesn't have to be this like horrible thing it's just like yeah everybody's sad everybody's mad let's you know give out positive energy yeah and not like just put a veneer over it. Like, yeah. it's not, let's just have something that we can pump our fists to. This is what I refer to as the Raven Linnae school of songwriting, where mm. you have things that sound like the chord progressions are, and I mean, I'm putting y'all in that lineage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, of music that feels like, it's not just healing. It like feels resonant mm-hmm. in a way that like warms you, but might be like wrestling with something that doesn't feel so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not even just like in like the topics, but in like the ideas and the, the way the voice sounds. <laughs> Being I, I vulnerable. Yeah. I'm, just, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing a raven with like some big ass scissors and like a bow cutting. <laughs> For, for the school, school of the school, school of right. eyeshadow I the, the fit is crazy uh, yeah. Yeah. behind her with the sun yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out Raven though. Yeah, she's, no, great. Shout out, she's yeah, a huge yeah, influence nah, she, for she's, sure. she's amazing and she's just a sweetheart like of, of the pe- like she's like famous yeah, oh, basically. Yeah. She's, like, cool. she's she's very kind. Very well deserved. Very she's pleasant. She's, she's pleasant. She is pleasant. She I've is never pleasant. met her, but she seems pleasant. Oh. <laughs> so to in, this, to this question, yeah, to this question, are there other like Chicago contemporaries that y'all see yourself either in conversation or in lineage with? Um, 
What do you mean by in lineage? Like, like people who in the way that you named that Monty inspired. Okay, okay, yeah. I think we're just a we're a product of you know, I absorb what I hear in the Chicago scene and some parts I try to the parts I like I try to do in my own way. So I think in a sense we're we're, you know, we we give and take from from that energy, that scene, like we're all products of and since we're not natives, I don't feel like we're super um, intertwined with the Chicago scene necessarily. I think that we're a little bit of outliers that, and you know, our biggest listeners aren't even here. Like we got more <laughs> listeners in LA and New York than we do here. So, you know, I love I love it here and I love the climate of creativity here. Oh, well, not the climate of the weather. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like how people create, uh, treat creating music you know what i mean it's just kind of like whatever goes i think there's a little bit of competition but i think that's everywhere and i don't think that's anything to shy away from either like let's be competitive like let's one-up each other Mm. i mean that's what we do with our roommates Mm. but in a in in the best way possible you know what i mean how do y'all think about that that distance between the you know the realm of people been making things since they were in high school here and y'all being people made stuff since high school somewhere else coming here you know, it sounds like you're at peace with it in certain ways. And as you, you know, you should be. You just do your thing. Yeah. Um, but is that something that's been tricky for y'all? Um, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. Like, that was what we call in the business a leading question. <laughs> <laughs> it has been tricky, you yeah. know, because sometimes you feel like you're an outsider and that sucks. Like, especially when you're making music in the in the city, you know, like... Like, why won't this blog post my song? Or, like, why won't this, you know, tastemaker retweet? You know what I mean? It's like there's all those thoughts that go through your head. But, yeah, you just learn to get over it because, like, that only goes so far. You got to just put the work in, man. Like, all good things will come if you keep, if you focus on what you're doing and you refine your craft. It's only natural that you'll find your everything's going to come. Like, everybody has their own lane and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about being genuine and like, yeah, doing exactly what you feel and not, not anything that you're just trying to be outside yeah. of yourself. What's a piece of your craft that you've learned in the last, I don't know, six months? Something new, a skill that you didn't used to have. Hmm. In the last year, I picked up piano, so Ooh. that's like been well, maybe a year and a half. But that's big though. Oh, it changed. I mean, everything. <laughs> it changed everything for music for me though. Like. It's crazy because, you know, guitar is one thing. It's it, it's less big. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> but the notes are like hella out of order and you have to make unorthodox shapes to make these. Whereas piano is just a literal map of music in order yeah. right in front of yeah. you. Like, like yeah. so it really like maps out music. You know what I mean? And for me, it's like, well, this chord is here. That means it's pretty much the exact same chord as this minor chord, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's you're like, able to start mapping things over each other. Yeah. Very linear. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that, like, really changed things, especially for arranging in, like, background vocals, being able to be like, all right, here's the bass note, and then here are the five voices I want behind mm-hmm. this melody note. Uh, and, you know, before I even sing it, I mean, most times I don't use piano, but if I do, you know, then it's like clockwork. Like, I want to sing this note. You can hear it in my headphone, then I just record it real quick. And at home... You know what I mean? Engineering yeah. yourself, it's all streamlined. Yeah. How yeah. about you? Um, I think lately I've been focused a lot on songwriting as opposed to just like writing a verse, you know, like writing writing a hook. Just like 
figuring out how all parts, vocally anyway, like flow into each other and, you know, create like a full arc of a song. Because um, I hear a ton of music that's super dope and like has super dope parts, but doesn't necessarily, not all the parts are acting to create mm -hmm. this full experience. So I think, yeah, songwriting is a skill that I've been uh, developing more for myself, hmm. and it's been very cool. Hmm. How about you, Dame? Hmm. I blindsided you. What skill you've learned, like, say, say in the last six months? Huh, let me think. Um, I learned, I don't even like using the word because it's kind of becoming like a cliche. I've, I've learned... Uh, how to like get into a more meditative state. Mm -hmm. And so just doing that as an exercise by itself is really helpful and grounding. But realizing that even, it, even if it was subconscious, all the best people at everything are basically meditating while they're doing it, right? So like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are just like really great meditators. People who yeah. are writing, you know, so as I'm writing, as I'm performing, if I'm teaching, like being aware and I was always aware of like breath in like a superficial sense, but like full physically kind of being in alignment. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of something more in writing and creating because I have been growing, but I don't, I don't know if I can name any of those yeah. things off the top of my head. Oh, you, you got one? Uh, I learned how to hit a 16-inch softball. Uh, that's a new one. Though I went over two yesterday, but don't tell anybody. Do you want to? You, you just told everybody. <laughs> oh, but you, you wanna, didn't tell anybody. You want to do your rant about, about the situation? Oh, if I must, you set me up. Just use gloves, folks. It's a simple kind of protection. The same way we talk about condoms, we should be using baseball gloves. It's better for you. It protects your hands. It keeps you safe. We, we have the technology. It exists around the world. There are places where people need it and they want it, and they don't so, have so it here. We have gloves, and people choose to play without gloves, and it's absurd to me. I didn't know Don't about this. Know. So I, I just thought that that was like the way, you know, kind of like casual softball. You know, like, oh, we're going to have a softball game in Chicago. They have the bigger ball that's actually soft. Mm -hmm. And he's, we've looked up, they only do that in Chicago. Everywhere else they do what? the smaller, the ones that like a softball game is played oh, with. Yeah. yeah. Trying yeah. to play a game? Yeah. Sounds like kickball. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, same exactly. principle. It is. It is. It's like, like kickball. kickball, but with the seriousness of really absurd softball players. There's there, that is a specific kind of absurdity. It's a guy who takes softball too seriously. <laughs> it's the guy who wears baseball pants to his softball games. Oh my god! The only exception to that are the softball leagues in Humble Park on Saturdays and Sundays because they have full uniforms, they yeah. have a PA, they have flags, Damn. they have like warm-up bats, they got a whole thing. There's then, at least a culture to that. That's basically baseball. That's just like the kid baseball. in gym who tries super hard. Mm -hmm. like exactly. ultra athletic for no reason. <laughs> like, yeah, sitting in geometry, sweating, and still ranting about a call in the pickup <laughs> oh, basketball yeah. game. Yeah. Like, dude, you've been sweating for three hours. <laughs> PE class was <laughs> over, <laughs> man. Four months. <laughs> so we're to, to bring it, so something I've appreciated about this time we've had together, guys. It's I think oh, it's felt very Mr. Rogers. Yeah, no, we've had we've had it. we've had some good time here. Uh, I think y'all are really um, self aware and intentional uh, are things that that I'm picking up. So I, you know, we one of the things we talk about, and he kind of mentioned it, is like we like doing the show because it's it's kind of a time capsule. Uh, so this is a very specific moment mm -hmm. in your in your life and in your path and trajectory. So like just projecting out three, five years or even further, what are some things y'all are striving to grow towards or grow with or struggle against? 
mm-hmm. if you have full power over yourself, right? But you know, it things take time. Like, what are the what are the things that you could project from this point? I wanna, I wanna be making my living through music and music alone in that in that time frame. Like, I wanna continue to travel and like play my music for other countries, like other cities. Um, and I hope to continue to just grow as a person, like become more mature in my craft and just in it, my, my day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, just up and keep going. Like, I think one thing that I would super need to work on is getting comfortable in front of the camera mm-hmm. and like, just know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Knowing myself and how I look mm-hmm. because that shit makes me anxious as fuck. It's weird. Yeah. It's a talk about it, weird. It is objectively weird yeah. to be oh, yeah. to have a camera pointed at you. You Definitely. have more experience with probably any of the other three people in here, but yeah. I, I feel like it never gets not weird because there's so many people looking at you that you can't see. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And That's I'm like, like a, a textbook overthinker, so yeah. I'd be like, "How do I look right now? Why am right. I doing this with my teeth? Wait, yeah. what do I do with my?" But hands? that makes me like, fidget more, man. Yeah, I'm I like, know, oh, man. fuck, I'm uncomfortable now. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> the thing. So I, I just came from doing something on camera. The thing that I was just realizing. And hearing y'all talk about it, that reflected just about my morning. It's like, damn, you start thinking, do I always do all these weird things? Like, <laughs> do I ever know how to just stand <laughs> <Right>. still? <laughs> Why stand it still no, so hard I and uncomfortable? That. Am I always you know, uh, off balance? You know Bo Burnham? He's a comic. Yeah. He has this oh, thing yeah. where he talks about, like, whenever he goes on The Tonight Show or The Late Show, whatever, everyone's like, is he on coke? Like, he's fidgeting and rubbing his nose. He's like, no, no, no. That's how a human looks. The weird ones are these, like, perfectly machine robots <laughs> yeah, yeah. who like are just standing there completely still and stoic like ha- that's not how humans move no. when they're actually saying something that matters yeah. um, so keep fidgeting folks yeah, Every, anyone fidgeting. listening out there yeah Ryan Seacrest has to be one of just the weirdest people <laughs> yeah. in life now that you just this said is, this like is that. Tom Cruise syndrome so yeah, basically yeah. people describe when they meet Tom Cruise that like it's like talking to a robot pretending to be a person <laughs> like you can like you make a joke and you watch him like process Okay, Tom, laugh. And he was <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. He's a lizard person. Having yeah. a real-life conversation with Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> like, be... <laughs> what do you talk about? Like, all he does is the radio and TV up, all day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you come to a lull and he goes, we'll be right back. <laughs> Did you like uh, American Idol? How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> a funny thing to hang out. Also, I this is unnecessary to say, but... Hey, man, stop making... Apologize. Oh, stop apologizing for thanks, when you got Dame. stuff to say. Thanks, Dame. Just say your thing. <laughs> you haven't even heard the thing yet. It did not need to be said. Yeah. Simon Cowell is, has the longest running shitty bit of all time. He's still doing the same Just the I'm asshole. an asshole to young yeah, performers yeah. on stage. I, I was throwing off though yesterday because I, I, I so I moved, right? And so I'm trying to get like a sense of my neighborhood. So it was like a burger spot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to walk there. I, I'm, I'm like getting big on walking distance things. Okay. And I'm going to eat inside i'm not gonna take this and go back up to my apartment Bold, bold and so they had it was <laughs> it was and so they had america's got talent on and like i never watch yeah. network television of any sort particularly like reality show game show of anything they all suck to me mm-hmm. and he was in, and so simon's on that now because he was the creator of it the whole time and he was being like super nice to everybody and i was like I, it just threw me off. I don't know. So, have you seen? Uh, it's like, damn, he needs to go back to the bit. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay, his oh, the Hell's Kitchen dude. Yeah, what he has this like junior 
chef, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's the nicest dude yeah, in the world. He has to be I mean, that makes sense. You couldn't really. Yeah, I think there was a, I think there was a sketch. A I think somebody did a sketch of him like doing that though. Like yeah. do a little. Yeah. I love that show. I'm you can't like, one up. You can't one up the asshole. Like you got to pick a different lane because oh, yeah. you can't. You're not going to be able to out asshole an oh, asshole. Yeah. Right. I used to have a weird thing. I don't know if, like, I guess it's just the internal struggle that we all have. But like, I really for a point. I had to like reconcile with the fact that I admire and was drawn to assholes. Mm. Damn. Like a lot of my best friends were like I on paper, like. I thought you were like in a more literal sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's no conflict. This is different, different entirely. All right, carry on. Continue. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody else has ever felt that before. Yeah. But like, why? Like, there's a reason why. Yeah, they do y'all like, do y'all typically sure. like nice people? Or do you? Are you? Or, or did you? Uh, did you? It was like a, this is more like a teenage like. <laughs> exactly. I think um, I like nice people, but I think people can be overly nice. Yeah. Mm. And when you're overly nice to me, it might just be because I'm paranoid and jaded. But I'm like, what's your what's your intention or like yeah. what's your motive? Like yeah. you're being way too nice to me right now. You don't even know me. Like uh-huh. yeah. But I, you know. Well, yeah, have fun yeah. in the music industry. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's probably it's probably because our violent world rewards bullshit so much. So, like, you know, my like Kobe Bryant is it probably an asshole. Kanye West, you know, yeah. these were like my people, mm. and I had to like just check that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I liked Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. It's like, damn, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Now we got I, LeBron. Yeah, he's he's switching it up. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of there's kind of he's the president. Yeah, this yeah. is a deep conversation. This is an interesting conversation about like the parts of you that you are trying to figure out whether they are like like okay or not it's like is it okay to be an asshole he was an accepted person and like but also Mm -hmm. getting pushed back like they say anyway i don't know how to take it there but i'm curious like um do y'all feel more we keep coming back to pleasantness Mm -hmm. are you more drawn to like surrounding yourself with pleasant pleasantness now than you used to be definitely yeah Oh, Do you yeah. think that there's like a purpose to unpleasantness from mm-hmm. a creative standpoint? Yeah. I mean, that's weird. That's like through, you mean like from other people or just out of life? Like all encompassing. Like what does going through bullshit or adversity or just meanness do to your crowd? What could that give you maybe? Or what has that given you that being surrounded by pleasantness doesn't? Yeah. I think it. it's just like, an additional perspective. That's exactly like, what I was thinking, yeah. It's like you make music in a certain type of mood, that's probably more or less how the song's going to come out. Like it's like smoking weed where like for creativity or whatever, like to it's just a new lens in which you see the world. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think it's any better or any worse. It's just like it's yeah. just different and it's a different mindset and mm. you're approaching creativity from a different in a different way. Yeah. Speaking of assholes, I think it's time for the is it for unpleasantness. Just, okay, well, just a disclaimer before we make an intentionally abrupt transition. Uh, <laughs> inauthentic pleasantness is not what we're asking for, people. For all you listeners out there, trying to figure it out. Yeah, don't fake the funk. No, uh, and you know, emotion is real, so sometimes shit gets unpleasant. But let's all strive to be pleasant. Now, with that being said, fuck all that. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about compassion. We talked about finding ourselves. Uh, but now we're here to do uh, the work that Ergo Radio is really all about. Oh, shit. So we're, we're on a mission. Uh, some may call it a crusade. Some may call it a campaign. 
uh, I call it a, a, a march for justice. <laughs> <laughs> so every week we have our guests uh, play a game. Uh, and this game is about accountability. Oh, shit. And we don't use pleasantness as our tool of accountability. We use beef over here in these ergo podcast streets. All right. And so there's a sect of the world that I say in my 25 years of living, maybe even more, has run amok. And we will take it no more. We have taken up the fight. We are doing the work here at Ergo. And that population is R&B singers. Oh, shit. So every week we invite our guests to play our game, Beef with an R&B Singer. This is Beef with an R&B Singer with Iris Temple. Who do you have beef with? Who do you have beef with any from any era. era? So this goes back from Motown to today. Beef with an R&B Singer and why? I mean, R. Kelly. Yeah. R. Kelly I is even the got patron Fuck R. Kelly. That's number yeah. one. So whenever R. Kelly is mentioned, we give him a big boo. boo. And then we got we to gotta add one to him because R. Kelly is why we play the game. All right. Um. <laughs> Tyrese. Yeah. <laughs> just because, yeah. just in recent, yeah. in recent yeah, memory. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but can you get more specific? What is it about contemporary Tyrese that is so unacceptable, oh inappropriate? One might say he's just—he's just unraveling. Like he's just, he's just, I'm just watching this man unravel. I don't know. I'm not mad at him for it, but I just gotta roast him for it. Oh, he's very roastable. Yeah, it's super. We've <laughs> all seen the videos. You know? yeah. yeah, no, it's. I think that's important that we got that on record. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Have Thank y'all seen the video of Ray J in the with the hat? Like, with the hat. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> if it wasn't, if it did seem like, yeah, it was hilarious the first time. If it was, I just he is a an R and B singer, beef patron saint of mine. I, yeah. I, I've I've had a a disdain for Ray J. <laughs> when you yeah. said that, you, like, you look uh, like a terrible smell yeah, wafted I, under I, your I, nose. I, I, I like, and so oh. like. I saw that they started like parodying himself. It's like you can't mm, parody yourself nah, within two days mm, of the thing happening. Yeah, like you yeah. ruined the thing. But right. that was an hilarious moment. Oh yeah, that you know what we're talking about? Mm-hmm, it's say. like a I don't know what show he's on. Is he on one of the Love and Hip Hops? Or something like that. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Equivalent. And him, I think it was Safari. So it's just like horrible, horrible yeah, yeah. shit. So it's him and Safari having a conversation, but he had a beanie on. And in every, oh, I did see this every cut. It was like drastically different. <laughs> Bro, I, I had to run that joint back yeah. like four times. I did enjoy oh, that because it's like that the editors. I, after a certain point, this is intentional because yeah. this is like one conversation, and it just shows you how fake reality TV show yeah. is. Because oh, it's like yeah. that means there are different cuts takes of this conversation. Bro, yeah. if anybody thinks that shit is real, wake up. Yeah. Like, yeah. never. Be P- pleasant. PSA Reality TV is fake. Fuck R. Kelly. Folks, it's been fantastic. <laughs> oh, there we yeah. go. Wait, uh, any plugs, any places they can find you, anything you want the people to look out for? Social North media? Coast is Friday. Okay. Yeah, we got North oh, Coast is Friday. Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, Irish Temple Music. Uh, just dropped a new song, Capsize. Spotify where it's Apple very music. excellent thank we'll, you we'll use it as uh, in the podcast but it is very 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 excellent thank yeah, you all so much that. for coming through and yeah, chopping thanks for having us yeah, I appreciate y'all love. peace Let's get this found
listening to ergo right but you want ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good that's why you should be listening on overcast overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now unless it's overcast get overcast for free on the app store